It's time for episode number four with designated real estate broker and certified executive coach, Ramona Locken. Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Here. So this is Zoom. It's like recording. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, I have my very special guest, Ramona Locken here. Ramona is a very experienced sales professional. She's also a designated real estate broker and certified coach. I'm going to read your bio here, Ramona. She developed her love of homes working in the interior design field and gained experience as a sales executive in the telecom industry. It was her love of homes and working with people that attracted her to real estate in 2002. It was part of a top national firm, which is Realty One Group. She earned numerous sales awards. Through all her experience, she learned how important effective communication is to achieving success. Ramona graduated Sigma Beta Delta in 2014 from Merrill Hurst University, earning a double major in business and leadership and organizational communication. She moved on to her real estate focused MBA program and has earned national certification as a professional coach and energy leadership MP and is a certified mediator. Wow. See, I didn't know that yeah. about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. She uses all these tools to support, grow and empower her team towards success in the Vancouver, Washington market through coaching, mentoring and teaching. Ramona is also a mother of six children. Wow. Ages 29 to 11, two lovely daughter-in-laws and three beautiful grandsons, ages seven, three and eight months. Ramona lost her parents and grandparents at a young age and has learned how to accept the changes life gives you, but to also acknowledge your inner calling and create change within your life by leaning into Improving self and business skills, she continues to grow into leadership, reach 
for her dreams and empower others to do the same. Welcome, Ramonia. Wow, I had no idea you're even a grandmother. So you're not only a mother hustler, you're a grandmom hustler. So yeah, I'm so, so I read a little bit about it on the top, but I didn't finish the bottoms. I'm like, I'm just gonna read it. Sometimes I just learn about my guests more as I'm doing the podcast. That's why I really yeah. love doing this because it allows me to get to know you on a higher level. And I'm learning, I, I've had a lot of aha moments. You're my episode number four. And yeah. Yeah. in my one, two, three, there's very different things I've learned from my special guests. So I always start it with, we're all in business, right? Because we're mother hustlers. But there's always that, I think the way that I develop my connector ability is through getting to know the human behind the business. Because right. I don't do business with the business. I do business with the human in the business, right? Yeah. So yeah. I try to, yes, we'll talk about business, but at the same time, let's start with your journey and, you know, how did you get here? What has been your... I'm sure we won't be able to fit it in within like yeah. a 40 minute conversation. Right, because the bio took most of that time, it felt like. <laughs> no, it was actually shorter than some, some oh, of the bios that I've seen. Yeah. So take us through, you know, wherever you want to start your journey. I mean, yeah. I know a little bit about your journey, but um, yeah. I think that it's important. A lot of women can get validated and, and that it's not easy. Yeah, right. It's and thank you for doing this. I, I know you and I started two, three years ago, getting together and how do, how do you fit in girl time and as, as a business person too? That's networking and thriving and into a thriving business. And and so we would get together for um, um, business manis. We would um, get our manicures, our pedicures while we're, we're talking business and and getting strategies. And that's evolved into this. It's yeah. Um, so it's it's, it's really grown. It is growing in this sense, you know, you do, you grow where you die, right? So, right. Um, yeah, so my journey, where, where do you start? It's, <laughs> <laughs> where do I start? I know. It's, um, yeah, I mean, we're always evolving, and, and this is just a moment in my story, as it is a moment in yours, as you move through and and uncovering your your skills and your calling and, um, you know, and what's showing up next for you. And I, I am a mother of many. I, I did not plan that. Um, it just, I was blessed. It's, uh, in looking at my life, I, uh, I had a big aha this moment this year where I realized uh, God shows up abundantly in all areas of my life, even from having numerous children and now moving on to grandchildren. But um, I was, I, I did, I lost my parents when I was younger. And um, both I, of them. I, I lost, yeah, my, I never knew my dad. And um, and then my mother passed away when I was 13, and I lived with an older sister. And that, that in itself, it, as I've talked to other people who lost their parents when they were younger, that in itself can cause people to, you know, why me? And, and mm -hmm. you feel less than others. And um, I, you know, the, you know, from like shopping for prom dresses in high school or, you know, getting ready for my wedding or, 
you know, having children. I, I didn't, because I, I don't have grandparents, aunts, uncle, you know, I don't have that. So, but I did have a, a community of people. I um, associated, um, I, I got married when I was 18 because I was looking for that community. And so I married into somebody with a very strong religious background with their family and very solid. And so I, that at that time seemed like the right step because I got like this instant family and community. And um, so we were married for, we were together 16 years, married 13 years. And um, after we were married, um, about three years into our marriage, we had our first son and um, the blessings kept coming. <laughs> um, so four sons later and 13 years and, and growth, personal growth, um, I realized I was in a wrong place. I was mm -hmm. in the, um, I was not where I was needed to be. And that change caused me to leave a family and to leave a community of people. And so I kind of feel that's almost like where my story began because I had to, I had to take an exit off my life. And, and what does that mean? And where does it take you? And, and how do you know the signs of when you need to make a change like that? And yet I knew in, internally that for the health and happiness of not only my well-being but my children, that we need we needed to do something different. Yeah. So that was kind of I think where my story begins in a pivotal moment. And there was a lot of anytime you make a change, there's a grieving cycle I think that goes along with that, and because you're saying goodbye to an old way of life even as with changing companies i i right now i i work with a lot of real estate agents who are looking for a change and they have to change from a company they've been part of and into a new company and it's exciting we've got a lot of exciting things going on but there's a grieving process with that right mm -hmm. and, and sometimes if there's an external change that happens your company closes down there's a change you from the outside in right but the ones that are hardest are ones that are inside out or something inside of you, you know, there needs to make a change. And those are, those signs are sometimes the hardest ones to identify and lean into. Yeah. You talk about change and in, in all three of my previous interview with amazing mothers have been, um, seems like the commonality of the question that I come up always has to do with the change that you make, because how do you come from because I went through it, right? Yeah. How do you come from being, you know, whatever you were an expert on, or whether that be corporate America, or like you said, you you made an exit from one chapter of your life and opened up another chapter, and probably as you were transitioning, you didn't even know what chapter you're about to open, right? You just knew you weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of moms that's probably going to be listening to our podcast are either people that has made the change or moms that has made the change from, like I was, I was really scared of letting go of my career because it took me a lot to get there. Yeah. And now I'm thinking just even the thought of letting it go was a struggle and like you said, there's a science for it. Mm -hmm. Can you describe a little bit about that science? Because there's a lot of moms out there that are in that crossroad that are scared. And what can you, I mean, what yeah. can you speak of about yeah, absolutely. that challenge? It's, 
it, 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 it's, um, you know, better to be with the devil you know than the one you don't know kind of thing. You know, you, you may not be happy where you are, but you don't know, you don't always know or understand the next step of where you're called. And, and oftentimes it's so different. And it's not necessarily, in my case, there was a divorce and mm -hmm. a leaving a family, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. It, it could right. mean, it, it could mean a different career. It could mean a different lifestyle. It could mean a different living standard that, you know, it, there's numerous things that that means. And, and, um, and, and it is. And so um, it, it's really having those moments where you can sit with your thoughts and, and your inner knowing, your inner calling, and, and almost like a body check of knowing that next move and, and knowing, okay, if, if you imagine this next step, and sometimes that's all you have control of is that one step in front of you. Um, it, it, does it feel right? Does it feel light? Does it feel um, bright? and um, open or is it heavy and uh, tight and you know those are all signs within your body you, you like, like like I you know you kind of twist and tighten up if it's not doesn't feel quite the right way um, it, it, taking times to journal down uh, mm -hmm. you know what is a vision that you hold like if you um, here's your your magic marker and you could draw a picture of your life a year three years five years from now what is that big vision? What is that that you, it doesn't matter about money, time, it, you have the, the power to do anything you want. What does that look like? And free from anybody else's judgment, free from the expectations of teachers, your parents, your uh, clergy, or who, your boss, or whoever. Society. Society, right, yeah. Like there's so much out there that tells us, especially as women, we have to fit in this one box and, and we have to look and be a certain way, but we can do whatever we want. And I was fortunate at the time I, my mother was, she, she was a woman who really did believe she could do anything she wants. She said, tell me that. Wow. And so that's one thing I do carry forward from my mom. She would tell me, hey, whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. Just, it just takes perseverance and persistence. And, and so I try to carry that forward with me and, and, and it's not always easy because you have society or you have people telling you, no, 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 no. Yeah. So um, as early as 13 or younger, your mother has always taught you that. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. She was, she was, um, you know, product, she was a young woman in the fifties. And what do we know about women in the fifties? They're, you get married and you have children. And, and she was a man who on the outside looked perfect, but the home life was not. And so she ended up leaving and putting herself through school and, and she didn't always make the best of choices, maybe with we never do. Love. <laughs> we never do. Always, um, not always. Yeah, we get it right once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, but she definitely left a, she left a mark and, and, um, you know, people who knew her um, talked about her sense of humor. So, you know, but the impact it had, especially, especially on me, was mm -hmm. the, the lesson of um, just go go for it, just, you know, do what you need to do. And um, so it, it was a special thing. 
Do you mind talking about how your mother died? Um, she, yeah, that's, um, she wasn't very old. Like, looking back, I think we always think our mom's older than what they no. are, right? Like, like little... my kids now <laughs> think I'm old. Right, yeah. <laughs> and there's something that they're like, oh, she was young. And um, my, my mother, um, child of the, the 30s, grew up in the Great Depression, mm -hmm. not a good first marriage. Um, worked hard. I mean, she did all kinds of amazing things. One businesswoman of the year. Wow. Um, she one time she ran for governor of Oregon because she wanted to make a difference. But you know, she was like a single mom with kids. Like you know, that wasn't going to happen. But she was still willing to put herself out there. And but she um, did have some depressed depression, and she didn't take good care of herself health wise. Mm -hmm. And she was. Um, I think there's maybe some other things we don't know about, but we knew she had diabetes and had some health issues. Okay. And so she just she passed away from those complications of that. Got it. So it sounds like based on what you've already told me, um, the divorce, your mom dying at thirteen when you were thirteen, um, executive sales, right? And I know yeah. you're pretty open about this topic because I seen you posted on Facebook being homeless at one point yeah. in your life. So yeah. I feel because <laughs> you and I are on the same dimension on the same wavelength when it comes to spirituality and I feel like the way that your life experience has been although when you're in it can be challenging you uh -huh. feel that it's like difficult and, and such a huge weight on your shoulder but looking back I think and I think you would agree with me that you are being prepared for something larger and um, you're being molded for something because that is a ton of life experience that really applies to some of your agents that you're working with and and some of the challenges that they go through and maybe um, some of them have gone through the things that you've gone through so you can you're able to relate to them you can relate to a lot of people in so many levels, I think, based on your experience. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting how life presents itself and, and stuff. And so, yeah, um, I, we were, in my, in my first marriage, we were the, you know, the, the picture-perfect little family. And, uh, and so when I left, a lot of people were shocked. You know, we had the, the owned the cute little house and had the little family that, you know, showed up for church three days a week. They were always, boys were always in their little pies and suits and giving parts and, you know, part participating and went from that and, you know, into a divorce and, and, you know, the financial struggles you have with that afterwards. And mm -hmm. all the while, um, I, it was right around that time I was in telecom and then decided, um, it, uh, I, I needed something more flexible and because before telecom I did interior design work that I always loved homes and maybe real estate. Somebody encouraged me to get into real estate because um, I would have uh, tenacity for it and um, you know that I would do well. So oh yeah it would be more flexible than my telecom. So so that you know I won't get into much detail there but I ended up marrying a man who um, big goals, big dreams, and I really thought I was part of this secret society club almost, just wow. because his goals and everything were so big. And that led into living in 
a big, huge house on acreage with a guest house and a horse, a riding arena and pool. And, you know, I was just, it was kind of amazing. And, and come to find out there was some dishonesty and some things that maybe weren't as they seemed on his part. So there's literally went from a big house to no home and nothing in a day. Wow. And, um, in one day. In one day. It was like, it, it was, was it, there was no warning. There was, there was, um, I was in school. So there was one thing I knew, I got this hit in um, 2009, 2010. My real estate career was going good at coming back, especially after the, the, you know, the crash, we all know what happened in 2007, right? My real estate's ramping up and I'm, I'm, I'm heading into one of my best years. And I was like, I hit a wall. And um, I ran into my broker at the um, the owner, Patty Siebel. And um, she asked me how, I was having a great day. She asked me, how are you doing today? And I burst into tears and she goes, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. I think I'm going through shift. And she laughed and I said, this is weird. I don't know. Well, it's what had happened. I, it was, I, I called, I knew I wanted to be a coach. And that's what actually took me to that company is because they had coaching and I would be able to learn coaching. Attracted to the yeah, coaching. Like I was finding my tribe. And so from there, I knew I needed it on a deeper, bigger level. So that's when I entered school and I, I became essentially a full-time student and was really relying and trusting on my husband to carry the financial load of the household. Mm -hmm. And so from there, it was lots and lots happened and lots of questions and lots of, I'm, I'm not, I don't know what's going on and, you know, but you're set on your path and you have your vision forward and you got to trust your partner and, and, and so it, there was a lot there more than we have time to discuss in that time so i didn't know everything and i needed him to uh, prove what he was doing and he couldn't hold it together it was um there was things on his side that i didn't even know and it kind of came crashing down so yeah. um i i'm sure i owe a little bit of i mean i could have worked i could have made really good money and i could have done some things but i had my path i had what i knew i needed to do I knew I needed, like in my core being, it was exactly what I needed to do at mm -hmm. that time. And so that's where maybe your inner core wisdom is telling you and leading you in a direction that on the outside doesn't necessarily make sense, but you know it's your path and it's butting up against everybody else's suggestions for you. And everything else. Everything else. Yes. Yeah. So having that experience of living that lifestyle to he, he, he certainly came to me one day and said, it was about 9.30 in the morning, kids off to school. And he said, you might want to pack a bag for you and the kids. And I said, well, you know, cause I guess we don't have any money. Like, where are we going? And um, he's like, well, there's going to be, um, we're going to be escorted off the property day at two o'clock. And that, that day, that day, that day. I thought we owned this house. I thought we owned it. I, I thought it was ours. Was that? The day after you burst into tears with Patty? No, that was that was a few years apart. That was Patty, uh, I was going through shift. That was where I knew, knew like life is great. My career is going good. We're you know, living in a good house to where, okay, I need to make a change. Something's not lining up anymore. And I explored into that and entered into school, backed out of my real estate, um, passed it off to somebody who I trusted and knew would manage it and entered into school full time. Wow. And what did you go to school for? 
Um, I, business and leadership. Business and leadership. And because of, and so I did my four years in less than three years. Mm. And I took every communication course they offered because I was, you know, I have this, it was of interest and I had this marriage and some things going on. So I kept trying to better my communication. And so I ended up through that process accidentally graduating with a double major. Wow. <laughs> and and top five percent of all students. What was your majors. major? The two majors. Organizational communication and wow. and uh, business and leadership. Wow. And and I became a volunteer mediator during that time and so became a certified mediator as well. Wow. So it was a lot. And so so through that whole course, I'm busy with school and the kids and, and you know, trusting my husband at the time was doing what he needed to do for household. And there was a lot of questions during that. So that, that was a, about three, three and a half years apart from, from that. Wow. And, and I, was, I was heading into graduation. So we, and, and this is a funny thing, at that time, this is the kicker. I was also Mrs. Clark County, America at that time. So the whole, the image that you see from other people, when you look at them, you're like, oh, they have everything together. Their life is probably perfect. Right. It's sometimes just what you're seeing on the outside. Um, this, this opportunity to represent women of Clark County in this organization came to me from three different sources where I was asked to do this. And I thought, well, there must be something into this. I'll lean into it. So that's the other mm -hmm. thing is look for synchronicities in your life of where if you have something from this area and that area and this area that show up for you, there's probably something in there that you need to lean into. Mm. And, Interesting. Um, Carl Jung talks about synchronicities. Yeah. And, and so look for those patterns and, and gut check it and see how is this lining up with my total vision and my core values of what I need to do moving forward. And so that was, that was an opportunity that showed up. And so at the time I, I, we were removed from this home, staying with friends. And two weeks later, I was up in Seattle on stage for the Mrs. America pageant. I mean, the, um, uh, Mrs. Washington America pageant. Wow. And, and, and placed as a runner up. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, and I, I, I know now looking back why that happened, but I thought the timing of everything is so interesting. And so there's a higher power. There is definitely a higher power. Yeah. We so, don't know. We have control, but we don't always have control over. We have control over things. I think we have control over the decision that we Yes. Make. Yes. But then what happens after you make that decision, just it's that divine design that just happens. Because what happens after you create the decision is not up to you. Yeah. But the decision, you always presented with the options, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you have to pick one. Yes. And when you pick one, there's whatever happens after that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's why they say you're only one decision away to making it to change your life because it will change your life when you make a decision. And, you know, I always, um, there are a lot of moms out there and the, the mission that I have for the podcast is, is split into two. Number one is to 
be able to allow moms like you and me that are just going for their dreams. And you know, I always say being a mother is number one and, and chasing our dream is 1.1. Right. It's not even number two because right. we never want to lose sight of our dreams yeah. because of motherhood, but we also don't want to lose sight of being mother first. That's yeah. the number one goal that we, that's why we want to chase our dreams because we want to show our kids that you could be whoever you want to be yeah. and you could do it gracefully even when you have kids. Yeah, right? it's, it's the message I got from my mother, right? So we want to pass that on to our kids that they truly can do whatever they want to do. They're going to have skill sets and they're going to have interests and they're going to have opportunities and whatever their decision is to step forward is a decision they have, but whatever that is, they can do, they can do whatever. Yeah. I always say, um, allow them, empower them to make a decision. And then if it doesn't go as well, don't leave your kids in the mess. Right. Yeah. Always pick them up, always be there for them, but don't make the decision them for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, you know, that's the best thing you can do and not hold their hand and do it for them. Yeah. One, one thing too, that kind of come up to me too, is, is as we're talking about this is the thought that, um, making no decision is a decision. It's also a decision. It, it, it is. It's, I, I think back in my, my first marriage and, um, you know, it wasn't a horrible marriage and that's what made the decision to leave even harder. Um, but the making no decision for a few years was a decision and it, it, it didn't feel good. Right? You, you know, when you have to make a decision and you don't, it, it doesn't feel good. And I'm a believer too, that if you know you need to make a decision and don't, the universe is going to bitch slap you into that decision. I know <laughs> it'll make, this is what I always say. It has, it, it doesn't hurt enough yet. Yes. And the universe will make it hurt even more and uh -huh. more until you get out of it because you're supposed to make a decision against it. Right? Yes. That's why it was presented like that pull of your gut presented to you um because it's telling you i always say that's your when you're presented an opportunity that's your future talking to you yeah yes. i always say that yeah that's your future trying to pull you to its direction but it can't talk to you you have the power to to make that decision and then once you make the decision then it'll start pulling you like yeah. the decisions you made all throughout this whole thing where you went to school, you got double degree, you went to Mrs. Clark County. You went, I mean, it's just like turned into something even bigger. Mm -hmm. You talk about this shift that you felt and you started making changes in your life. And it seemed like when you said that you had felt that you have to make a change within you. Mm -hmm. Are you in that it's not feeling at home for you and you've got to do something? Were you feeling at all that it was your fault, that things aren't, aren't, aren't feeling like they should be, so you went for, you went to go make a change to make it right? Um, change to make it right. I. 
I don't I don't know that I felt like it was that I had to make something right things. That's an interesting question. So um, just reflecting back um, at the times where I, I, you know, from the end of my first marriage, and then uh, in the middle of this, my second marriage, um, there was, I just felt that there was something else. I think in my first marriage, I definitely felt like I needed to make something right. I, I was, I had ignored the decision and put it off and tried to live according to what, you know, the, the quote unquote perfect wife expectations were supposed to be. And it was very much like Stepford wife living, you know, the, the perfect house, the perfect kids, you know, everything's perfect. And that's why I love so much what you said that one time is um, living by passion, not perfection. Um, the second time when I uh, saw uh, Patty in the hallway and, and I cried and I was like, I feel like a shift. My life was going good. I was, I was feeling good. Uh, there was just, there was something pulling me into the future. So it wasn't correcting anything as much as it was a hunger. You know, you, you, like our bodies tell us when we need to make a change. If we need to sleep, we feel tired and we have to lay down. If we're yeah. feeling hungry, our tummies grumble. If we have to go use the restroom, there's pressure, right? And this feeling at that point was some type of hunger that I had to move forward mm. and, and figure something else out. And what I was doing in my life that, that the few little classes and stuff I was taking through work wasn't enough to satisfy that hunger. There was mm. something bigger and I didn't know what it was. It, and I had to lean into that. And that's where, that's what it took me to school. And I, I had interviewed several schools and um, looked, but when there was something about the university I chose, which was Merrill Hurst, but there's something there that from the moment I stepped on the campus, I knew exactly that was where I needed to be. And I would say that through several of my courses, people, you know, there was the Mayor of Gresham and people who were very qualified in their business um, attending college there. And there was me who was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just, you know, <laughs> but I know this is exactly where I need to be. And, and it's leaning into each step. And again, sometimes you just have that one next step. Yeah. But you know it's in the direction you need to go. And you make another step. Yeah, I went to, you've heard of eWomen's, right? Yes. eWomen Network. And I went to the summit that they just had. Yeah. yeah. And it was, the founder of it spoke, you know, in front of everybody. And she, she, that feeling that you have, she calls it a clutch. Like there's a clutch, you know, like when you clutch yeah. a car. Yeah. I, I learned to drive the car with a stick. So like you clutch and change and it. Oh, it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost like if you if it's a human, it cringes. Like it tells you, oh, don't go there. You need to go here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I really, I truly believe in the in the clutch that when it just, oh, it just doesn't good. feel right. Yeah, you know, it doesn't fit. It's grinding. It's yeah, funky. yeah, yeah. She said that um, it when you feel that clutch, this is how you know it's there is that when you're about to make a decision and you need to go talk to someone to try and talk you out of it, uh -huh. that means you should go with that, with the other way. Like oh. quit, talking to, quit talking about just move it because it's like a launching pad for your next step. Yeah. And yeah. I love how she described that it's a launching pad 
for what you need to be doing. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a question through um, in, in the, the coaching training that I got. It's like, what is this causing you to become, or who is this causing you to become? You know, like, hmm. like um, and we we have um, Mel Robbins talks about in her book that uh, if each new situation in our life is requiring us to be a different version of ourselves and leaning into that and entering out who is this next version of me you know Kareem 5.0 or you know that's that's your growing in and and causing that to become wow i love her uh -huh. no, I know she's amazing. five second rule <laughs> yeah. it's awesome so you Talk about the image that like this is this little perfect family from the outside. And I think you're about to talk about being homeless and you're, you're walking the stage as Mrs. Clark County because you've told me this story. And I think that it's really important that a lot of listeners or people that may watch our YouTube channel yeah. <laughs> to really yeah. hear this because I think we work so hard to look perfect, right? Yeah. And and I think women need to just stop it and and just accept some that it's never gonna be perfect and quit pretending and just yeah. live your life because it's so much easier to live genuinely, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Authenticity is a beautiful thing. Right? Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's so it's so true. And and that was I, I have to say that was that was something that I had a hard time within that pageant because you know pageant queen and it's just it's really. I'm not the center of attention kind of person, and yet here I'm in this role all of a sudden. And um, so I, I learned a couple lessons out of that. But it, it was it was true. I mean, you know, having to go in into this pageant. There's women who've done that year over year over year, representing their their community, their mm -hmm. city, their county. You know, whatever. and they can go until they win. And you know, and so it's it's great. And they're they're huge on community involvement that was one of the reasons why i was nominated in because i was very involved in the community and giving back and and that was that's about 50 percent of what they look at so mm -hmm. you know so there was that and and um and yet it's how you present yourself are you are you complete package as a, as a wife um this is the mrs pageant so um you know are, are you um you know, upholding standards and you know, so so there's there's a lot that went into it and and um, you know and, and of course so I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm now all of a sudden I have no home I've lost my home my trying to figure out what the heck is going on with my marriage this really allowed me to dive in and I, I had to really reconcile what my view of marriage was and and you know and then also married to this person that I was married to at the time and. And the whole, okay, I'm facing another divorce and oh my, you know, there's just a lot that you can beat yourself up with. And really those are all external things that are coming in mm -hmm. out at you that, you know, beat yourself up. And, and, and so I thought I, I had a, I had a role, I had a, I had a job, I had uh, the curiosity to explore it. I was learning so much through that program and meeting such amazing women from all over the state of Washington that I, I, I can't not show up for this and participate. And um, fortunately, stayed with some friends. It, it was parents of friends of mine, um, Don and D Donald McIntosh. And 
Um, and I thought, okay, I, there, how am I going to get this together? I, you know, monies, it, it just everything was gone. And um, they had called me to the table, Don and Donna, one evening, and they said, we want to talk to you about this pageant. And I said, yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to bag out of it. I, I don't even have a dress. I don't have all. And they said, well, we're going to help you. We think you wow. should do it. And so they really saw how it would benefit me beyond the moment. And it taught me the idea of setting the vision, right? So they sat down with a yellow pad of paper and said, what's our goal here? Write wow. it down. What are the pieces that you need? Okay, let's write those down. A dress, makeup, you need a hotel. Wow. You, you know, I needed this all here. Okay, well then where what are our resources? Who do you know that you, where you can get a dress? And who do you know where we can get makeup? And who do you know? And so we went down and within an hour we had a whole game plan for that. And that's that's how you tackle goals. That's how you get through things. You set your vision, break it down into steps that you can do, find your resources, who are people you know or skills you have, or if you don't have them, find them, and put your game plan together. And so it got me through that moment, and then it got me through many next moments and and um, and it was it was cool. So that was a fun experience. Like I, I said, I don't, I don't actually share that with a lot of people because it's. <laughs> um, I still have the crown and the sash, though. And so you still have your bragging right, and you I have do, props to prove it. <laughs> I do, um, and I still remain friends with many of those women I met through that experience. Um, but then, you know, fast forward a few months, I'm um, I'm still without a home, and filed for divorce, and um, and there was accounts that were seized, and you know, so I didn't even have a bank account because of all that whole legal mess. Was this in your first or second second marriage, marriage after after the pageant and all of this? So, um, you know, it's, what do you do? So thank goodness I have such good friends. Um, I was literally a you know, age 40 something couch surfing with a couple kids. It, it was you were 40. I was 40. Yeah, 44, wow. 45. You look great, by the way, for being <laughs> no, 50. Yes, yeah. I saw your, your post on Facebook saying you're 50. But I'm like, what? She's 50? Yeah, oh, she looks so good. Um, thank you. Um, I think I was 46 or 47 when I went through the pageant. It was just a few years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I thought that was a long time ago. No, huh? no, that was just a few years ago. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this all yeah, three and a half years ago. So 2014. I was Mrs. Clark County 2014. So, so there's um, there, there's a couple of things that is very like a common thread amongst the women that I've been interviewing and, oh, and one of one of which was uh, you said look for synchronicities. Um, Brittany was my interview, the, the no, not the most previous one, but two interviews ago. And she said something about, um, when I've heard it two or three times, I've got to look into it. Yeah. It's, it's similar, right? Absolutely. It's synchronicities. And then, um, I asked them, what can you tell a woman that has never owned their business before, that has never really 
gone and go get their dreams. They've always just prioritized their family, which is so honorable, right? Because we all, we all do that. But now they're deciding, like, I need to take care of myself. I need to build my own identity. And a lot of the people that I've interviewed said community. And, and I think that you said that too, even in your hard time, what was what really and even though you weren't in business at that time what got you through is just the community of people that you were surrounded with so for somebody like a mom that's always that don't have a 1.1 to go for their dreams but just have only one priority which is being mom but now are just thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or opening their own business or starting what can you advise those moms from your experience? Because every single one of us will advise based on our journey, right? Right. So from yeah. your Ramona journey, yeah. what advice can you give those moms that are in that crossroads of, gosh, I don't know if I should do it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a good question because there, there's time and effort and you have to be persistent. Um, you, you, that's that's the, the biggest thing. Um, and so that persistence, like not every day you're, you're going to feel like doing what you need to do. And um, there's gonna be, kids are gonna get sick. You're, you're gonna get sick. There's things that happen in life, right? And so, you know, it's, you know, the, it's little things every day that are easy not to do, but, uh, or, or easy to do, but easy not to do. So, it, but they add up and there's, um, this is from the compound effect, right? It's, so there's that compounding effect that if you know, and you have a passion and, and it could be for any, any business. And we're so fortunate that we have um, you know, I, I have a good friend who's doing lip sense mm -hmm. and she is killing it. She's doing amazing and she loves helping other women feel beautiful through this product that she has and, and she believes in it. Um, I've got friends who made their own idea of a business and, and so they're pushing it forward. But it's persistently every day doing something that pushes that forward. And, and it is, it's community. I will I mimic what they're saying because they, they will help you get through that next level. And it's building your tribe of, mm. of people who are going to help you up rather than, than keep you at the same level. Mm -hmm. um, so one, one of the things I, I found early on is that when you make a choice to make a change, then you're oftentimes other people take, um, it feels like they're taking issue with it. Mm. But it's what I found is that it pushes up against their belief systems, that their limiting beliefs mm. that they hold for themselves. And so by you pushing ahead, it disqualifies their, their limiting beliefs. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like if you're- You can validate their belief or you can validate your belief. Right. 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 And so there, sometimes people don't like that and you just have to ignore them and you have to build your tribe of people who are going to validate your calling and your belief. Right. 
And that's really cool because that's really one of the things that I wanted to achieve in my podcast is for those women that are moms that are not quite there yet. They're thinking about it. They're scared and there's the fear, the doubts and all that stuff. And I think the common answers that I'm getting is just, you know, step number one, find a community of go-getting moms that can support you and not try to talk you out of it, you know, because going for what you truly believe is truly fun. Like going after your passion is super fun. So I'm closing my journal because I have one last question. We're almost done. And I ask every single guest of mine this question. And it's amazing that the answers are almost synchronized, like different words, different ways of saying things. But we all, as mothers, want the same thing. So the question is, you're at the end of all this journey. You're on your deathbed. Your entire life flashes in front of you and you've accomplished everything you've ever wanted. You have left no stones unturned. You killed it in life. You have everything that you've ever gone for, dreams that you wanted to achieve, everything. But your kids ask you their last question. Mom, what are the top three things you're proud of accomplishing as a mother? What would those three things be? Yeah, well, that's um, going to make me cry. Um, well, first and foremost, it would be uh, my kids' happiness and health and well-being. Um, that, that would be... Um, Number one? That would be, yeah. Because you have three. I have three? <laughs> three things um, that you're proud of accomplishing as a mother. Um, so... Because as you know, you've had the big house, you've had the nice cars, you've had everything. And and a lot of the things that we go for is truly, you know, to accomplish a a dream and a goal. And sometimes they could be related to things, right? Yeah. So the the thing that um, my kids and I talked about that big house is we were still standing in line at the grocery store. They didn't care if we came from a big house or if we came from a box. We were still standing in lines and... You know, traveling the same roads and, and stuff. So um, I would say on, on my deathbed, and my kids asked me that question, first and foremost, hands down, would, I would be, and again, I can't say this without crying, um, their happiness and well-being and, and watching them thrive in life. And then having the opportunity, as I do now in the role of, of designated broker for Poetry One Group, that's not quite really, but it's, it's just our... I lined up with this company because one of my core values is empowering others towards success. So, um, <laughs> you're going to make <laughs> So, um, and the, having the opportunity to watch others achieve their success and just the thought that I even had a little, a little piece of that is humbling and awe-inspiring. Um, and the third, I mean, those are two big things. So the, the third thing I've accomplished, I am going to throw something out, like going out to finding some beaches, having the opportunity to explore the world, uh, yes. the, the world of beaches. There are some amazing places in this world, and, and I look forward to doing more of that in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. 
And like I said, it's almost the same. Like the answers are, are, are very much in course with each other. It's going to be interesting for a lot of you out there to hear a different person, every single mom's answer to that question. Because the question doesn't change. It's the same. Yeah. It's exciting to hear yeah. different perspective. Um, I made you cry, but when I, <laughs> when I created this, I literally cried. When I even just because I, I asked myself the same question. And um, as I was typing these questions, because I save it, because um, I don't quite memorize it yet, like, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to cry. Just, just even being an interviewer and asking these questions. Yeah, I didn't know I needed a tissue in here. <laughs> I should bring some next time. So, well, thank you so much. That was a really enlightening um, episode. And um, where can we find you? Where can they find you? I know you're on social media. I, I am. Um, yeah. I always give you a, a opportunity to talk about business and talk about your business and where they can find you and plug in with you. Um, yeah. You're. She's by the way writing a book. I am. I am. And. Um, it's the 28 days and I, I realized it's a bigger book than that. So <laughs> um, the title of the book is Was That My Exit? And I, um, I'm i really excited about that. And uh, I think a follow-up book is going to be uh, Was That Our Exit? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, cool. <laughs> I've already got started on that one a little bit. Um, so just about knowing the signs and knowing when you you need to, to take that exit and, and off the left that you're on right now. So, um, uh, but people can find me now again, Ramona Lockin. I'm on all the uh, Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Realty One Group Cascadia. Um, I, uh, that's, that's the heart and, and mission that I have right now and, and loving this it, again, then we don't have time to go into this, but this was truly one of those things where everything I've gone through brought me to this moment. I wasn't looking for it, it showed up, and it's the perfect spot for everything for me right now. That's so cool. Now, um, realtyonegroup.com is the website for you? or ROGcascadia.com. Um, I do have a website at successagentcoaching.com. Okay. So, because I coach agents towards success. So, uh, so I, I have that. Um, and then, was at my exit.com will be up and running within the next couple months probably. Awesome. And for those of you moms that are thinking of going for it, yes. you're looking for agents that could be yeah. perfect fit for, for your organization. And what better way to start a career in real estate and have a coach at the same time. Yeah. A life coach at the same time with without yeah. having to pay extra, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah, what you bring infuse, to the table. Yeah, I infuse it into all of our conversations. I make agents sometimes cry because I ask them powerful questions too when they get to the uh, next level. So That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for making time and being present with me thank today. You. I really appreciate you and our friendship. It's been one of the most amazing friendship I've had. Oh, I appreciate I it. Way. It's like, oh, love you. Awesome. Love you. <laughs>
All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day. And touch it. I don't use it at all for what I do. So, um, yeah. Well, and, and you don't need a degree to be to be successful. And I agree. And there's also some skill sets that I, you know, if I would have gone through a degree program, mm-hmm. I could have gained some other skill sets that could have been helpful for me. I have a PhD level experience in life. Yes, ma'am. So for that. I mean, that is where I thrive. That's what I really, I mean, we don't have enough time in a podcast to talk about life. We can talk about that in another episode. Yeah. (laughs) But that's what I mean. It's like looking at your life and aligning it with your purpose. It's really about where have you felt the most like right? Yes. And that's what I did. Well, when when you go through your transitions, because you told me, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more details that, like you said, we can't fit it in a podcast. When you told me into your transition, it's always necessary to get you where you're at now. Everything that's happened to you. And if you think about the pockets of moments that, you know, the pockets of moments that we were happy, but yet we are forced. Sometimes it's the, it's what I call, we force our, our, our human body to do the things that is expected of us, like getting a nine to five job. Oh, absolutely. I, and, but then our, our energy is not, is not at home with it, but then our, but then there's bills to pay. And you and I talked about this that in the beginning of my business, when we drove to tiger that there were moments that I would look for jobs because I feel like even though my soul says, this is it. Yep. I feel like the, you know, the, the human in me says, this is not it. It's like yes. this constant battle in the head. Well, you know? I want to bring this just really quickly. Um, so as a mother, that was one of the things that was, um, that in the constant in the back of my head was to be a good mom, you got to be a supporter. You got to be a provider, you know, cause that's mm-hmm. what I've done for so long. And it was the focus on, I need to make money to, to do this. It doesn't matter. It has to be steady. And I was on commission my whole life. So it was never steady, mind you. And my money management <laughs> from when I started were not the best. So it was really just like this constant like roller coaster. But that roller coaster was still steady enough for me. And so when my yes. son moved out of the house, it was like, 
wiping that off my checklist and being able to wow. my expand my abilities um, to not have that responsibility anymore was the best thing. Yes. It allowed me to be like, I don't have to do this because of this anymore. I get to do yes. all of this. And it's different in our lifetimes when we have, you know, you have young kids, you know, that is a different, for some people that is a different, um, you have different things that you need to focus on. And mm -hmm. once you are not in that focus mode and you take it to the next step, then you have the ability to take all of the energy and focus that was there. And just like, when your kids grow up, I like, I don't even know if you'll talk to me anymore. Cause you'll be like, you'll be like Oprah. Like when, you're, like, when you have the energy, I'm telling you right now, when you have the energy to like, to like take that, you know, attention, cause you're a really good mom. When you take that oh, you thank you. a lot of attention to your kids, and when you do that, you can have the time and the energy to, to focus that elsewhere and put that solely on, you know, you and your husband and your business. Holy shit. Like, well, thank you. I just want to say that, um, you know, you and I have the same approach because I don't want my kids to be, I never want my kids to be dependent on me. Like yep. I let them, I'm there for them, but I still let them make the decision I give them a lot of freedom in order for them because I, I want like what you, how you've trained your child is that when he became an adult, he moved out. Now he has a job. You've showed him the way though, yep. but you've guided him through it, but you never once allowed him to be codependent on you. And that's, that is what I'm training my kids for is that you can always figure out a way to make the money is just the detail. Money. You know, the money is a detail is part of the detail, but the big picture is, you know, this is your future and you're going to have to create your own future. Yeah. You know, I will tell you that is one thing about me though. Money in general, I have no story around it. The story is that it is abundant. Mm -hmm. And if I need it, it will come. Yeah. And There's no lack of money. No, it's abundant. It's There's abundant. a lot of money available. <laughs> You know, 99% of the time, they're normal, good people, right. and they don't go nasty like that. But there's that really small 1%. Now, maybe that little girl that maybe was abused or molested right. or whatever in that, they come out and they come out and play nastily. Like, we're not perfect. We have nasty sides of, of us, but yeah. it's about how you can control it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about like, like you were saying, I, it's, it's seeking first to understand. I feel like creating clear boundaries as well, because if you're also in a really vulnerable spot where you're not in a place to be able to really seek to understand creating a clear boundary without reacting from anger is, can be a very powerful tool as well. Like it's okay if you don't have the mental space at that point in time to be able to deal with somebody else's her child coming out, but eventually you will be in a space to be able to do that. As long as that's what you, how you work through building relationships with people or navigating, especially in like a service industry or, or, or a public, yeah. like, like you are navigating that from a place of, um, seek first to understand 
yeah. and, and love and um, create clear boundaries and know that that reaction has more to do with that person, especially if it's angry and nasty and ugly. It has more to do with them and their journey it's than it's so a reflection of you. Like it's, it, it's not a reflection of you. They're projecting it. And, and yeah. yeah. So Sarah, are your parents still around? Yeah. Yeah, my mom is. My dad um, passed away this last year. It's been a really, really sorry year. Yeah, I, I have never dealt with grief ever. Um, so I that kicked me right in my ass, up one side and down the other, you know. I, wow. uh, he uh, got sick about, oh, he, he's probably been sick since I was like 19. I remember him starting to shake and he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. um, and it... Parkinson's, if you've ever loved or known somebody that has Parkinson's, it's nasty to watch it slowly mm. take their lives away from them. And so my dad, who literally like was the most like vibrant, amazing, incredible, happy person you've ever known. Like he knew everyone's name everywhere we went. He knew everyone's story. Like the grocery store clerks all knew him. We'd go to the little local Albertsons. Sounds he like me now. Name. Yeah. Yeah, like they, he brought people, his only goal in life was to make people around him laugh and smile. He'd tell the dumbest jokes, he, best stories, like he really was just full of love and like was my person in life. Like he yeah. was my person. I never heard him say a negative thing about me ever. Wow. Rare, I don't know that I've ever even met anyone else like that in my life that had my back like that. Like he was my person and so, um, I was able to uh, be with him when he passed and hold him. And it's, it was such a crazy year last year, having Maverick and freaking out because I was pregnant. And then my dad really getting so sick. I'm having to find homes for him. And don't even get me started on the how screwed up our healthcare is for supporting adults yeah. at end stage, right? Like I'm having to figure out how, because my mom's a wreck and I have my two sisters and then Mav's born. And um, that's when the moments, that's when it all became clear, like, this is why Maverick's here now because my dad, while he was losing his mind, like he knew Mav and Mav knew him. Like they didn't speak, but he, Maverick was the only one that could make my dad smile towards the end. Like they, my, and my dad loved babies. He always used to say, I'd have a hundred more if I could. So I was able to, um, you know, hold my dad as he passed away and he finally passed away. All of us kids were in there with them and my mom and it'd been days um, and with brain, brains are weird. You don't really know at end stage, like they'll tell you, well, he could get better tomorrow. He could get worse. And we we're all standing and laying with them and, and, uh, telling stories and some, I said something and everyone laughed. And it was in that moment that my dad, my dad passed. It was like, he was waiting to know that we were all going to be okay. Um, and then I remember leaving, holding him, kissing him, telling him I loved him, that I keep everyone safe and leaving. And just the world looked and felt different. And I was almost angry at the people like driving through Starbucks and getting their gas. Like you guys, like I almost, I felt like I needed to pull over and roll down the window and be like, you don't understand. Like the world is different. My dad's gone. Like you shouldn't be just like, the world shouldn't just keep going. Like how, what do people do? How do they move on from this? And so, you know, I'm, I, that, that was a, that was, this has probably been one of the hardest, um, seasons of my life having mm. my dad gone and especially having my dad gone when I'm when I'm uncertain about faith and and where I fit with all that I used to believe one certain way and know everything and now I'm okay with the mystery of it all until someone 
like my dad is gone and then I'm like, where is he? What's going on? What's happening? Like, yeah, Mav has saved me again, my, my son, my family, like, but especially Maverick, when you're stuck in the grief process of losing someone like that, I think there's something about being able to have my baby wrap his little chubby arms around my neck that pierces through the weight of grief and sadness yeah. and anguish. Like, I'm going to stop you right there really quick because when you talked about Mav and how you had him, you said that he was a, quite an accident or unexpected yeah. or something. Yes. And I believe in this life that there is no such thing. Yeah. And that everything has its purpose. And yeah. the moment that when your dad was passing, I think you found that purpose. Without a doubt. Without, I mean, it's, it's all, I, I think, it, again, it just is one of those lessons that the universe gives you to help. Like, there's these truths. There's just these truths that pierce through everything else. And one of those truths that I've been taught over and over again is all things happen as far as, you know, those moments of panic that I have, like that moment when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh, my whole life is ruined. This is fantastic. What the heck? Like, I can't believe this is happening at 40. Like, when there goes my body. Like, oh, I'm going to be nursing again. That's exciting. Yeah. But like these moments of sheer panic, I'm learning more to embrace what I cannot control because it always, there is always something beautiful, always something beautiful. And, and in this case, not just beautiful, but my savior, like my saving grace for this amount of time, my dad's saving grace, like, and, and it's not like I, I didn't know logically, like babies are great. They're going to be great. You're going to love them. You're going to love your baby. Like, it's not like I didn't know that, but I, I, I really didn't know the layers and the extent of how much I would need that in my life and my dad. And like, I would do it a million times over, you know, if I could. If there's anything or anyone that is the master of balancing, it's Mama Universe. Yes. She's yes. the master of balancing. And that's the only thing that is so balanced in this, in this whole world. Because somehow, some way when we struggle, there's always something good that comes out of it. You know, to balance it out. Always. So it's Father's Day next week. What would you tell your dad if, if he was around? Oh, yeah, this is going to, oh, God. Drink your beer, girl. <laughs> Drink up, sister. Um, I would tell my dad, uh, thank you for being the best person and loving me the way that he did. And I would also tell him, we're all okay. And your legacy lives on. Like I still work every day to remember to try to make someone around me smile. Um, and that's because I want to honor the legacy that my dad worked so hard to leave. Um, so those would be the two things. He was always most worried about us all being okay. Take care of the girls, Sarah, take care of the family. And he was always, he would always tell me over and over again, how much he loved me. And, uh, he wanted us to know and he always was worried that we didn't know enough how much he loved us and so i would tell him i would reiterate again the words that i told him over and over when he was in that dang bed you were the best dad i could ever have thank you so much and we're all okay 
What day did he die last year? He died in July, the end of July last year. Do you, um, do you know the day? I don't know the specific day. I, it's all kind of a blur. I know mm -hmm. we were on a family, we were on our family vacation and had a, had a rush home. Um, and because, you know, he'd been going fine and then it's not fine, fine. And then it's not fine. So we had to get back home fast. Um, I have it, I'm sure logged, I have it logged somewhere, but it's still really painful. It's still really painful yeah. for me to, it's still really hard for me to look at pictures of him even. It's still really fresh and painful. And so there's, there's parts of that box I just have to like open slowly at different times. Like I have to be yeah. in a, a place. Do it in I, your own terms, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's cool about this episode is, you know, it's, um, it, it has a lot of dad in it. Mm. And it's going to be released next week on Father's Day because I release every Sunday, you know? So it's going to be so fitting for Father's Day. What is your message to your mom? Um, my message to my mom would be, thank you for the sacrifices that you made that are both seen and unseen to be the constant woman in this family. Like I, I, she loved and took care of my dad. She loves and takes care of my sisters. Mm -hmm. And I know the toll and sacrifice that she, there were parts of her she lost mm -hmm. and rediscovering all of that. And my voice to her, my, my, what I would say to her is just, I know that's a, I know that's a, a huge cost and I want you to know woman to woman. Thank you. Thank you. And now my goal for my mom is let's help you refine and recenter and, and discover who you are. And I'm grateful to be a part of that process too. What, what's your message? Just one message to all your children. Um, because you know they, they can listen to the podcast. They're very technologically inclined. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are, when they want to be. Um, my message to them would be, you are the greatest parts that I have ever been a part of creating in this world. You are the greatest, you are my greatest adventure in life and grateful to have them okay now your husband is a dad it's mm -hmm. father's day when we release this what's your message to your husband to my sexy husband to my yes, sexy husband um oh <laughs> there's so many messages i would want to send to him i'll keep it very g-rated i will say um <laughs> I can, <laughs> There's multiple versions. But you do gets, make people laugh. That you gets us into trouble. That gets us very dirty. Yeah. Um, my answer or my my message to him would be, uh, thank you for being my ride or die. Thank you for being my one, my partner, my my choice. My, That's awesome. My ride or die. That's so cool. And you picked him. Yeah, I picked him. Pick him. I picked him. Picked a good one too. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. Yep. I tell him all I, I'm, I, nothing makes you grateful for like the really beautiful relationships you have in your life, like going through dysfunctional ones. I will say that I am, I am head over heels 
for this imperfect, flawed, super hot husband that I have and for him accepting and loving me where I'm at and vice versa. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So before I ask you my last question, I just want to give you kudos for living life the way you are living it and accepting and acknowledging the fact that we're not perfect. I love that about you. I love your jokes. I love your um, like realness. You're like super real, raw. I love that about you. Um, love at first sight, by the way, when I saw you at the gym. I that I, challenge, I'm like, oh, that girl is my girl right there. That was the craziest, funniest day too. I remember it. I remember with Mav and I'm talking to other, and then do you remember all of the last minute people that came and, and, and signed up for that day? I have everything like organized and ready. And so we have like 10 athletes to sign up day of, and they're all like English second language, amazing athletes. But I deliver this speech that I'm like a hoorah speech. And, and all 10 of them are like, we have no idea what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. I've impacted the world. And they're like, nobody understands you. (laughs) I did. did. So I got you, girl. And so just kudos to you for just doing your best. And your best is the best. So don't ever think it's it's short. It's perfect for your children. And I love that about you. Um, Before I go to my last question, what, where can we find Sarah? What platform on social media do you usually hang out? Let the world know where Sarah can be found. Um, I, uh, so my business, I have a business Facebook page, 346 Grit CrossFit. We're in Gresham, Oregon. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. We don't check that as much. I am on both Facebook and Instagram. I'm on both of those quite a bit. Um, Sarah Coleman on there. Come find me. I will be friends with you. Um, <laughs> As long as you're not a pervert, we can be friends. Uh, and then um, our, yep, my facility. Is that all? Is that what we wanted to answer? So yeah, do you have a website? Message me. We do have a website. Three forty six CrossFit is our website. I'm just starting to develop all of like the content aspect. So this has been really fascinating for me to be a part of. We have platforms set up now for getting ready to like blog and blog and podcast and pull other people in the health and wellness space and really help people along their way of whatever their health journey looks like for them at that point in their life, just to empower them to um, take steps towards, you know, reclaiming parts of their life that they might be 